This is Soundmaking, a podcast made by Hogan Stenner and myself, Matthew Shlomovitz. Each episode of Soundmaking features a composer or performer discussing the how and why of music they've created. For this episode of Soundmaking, I spoke with Neil Luck. We chatted about his piece, Severed Head, which is the fourth track of his album, Downturn Fantasies, which will be released in May 2021 on the Intract label. In my chat with Neil, we discussed the musical and recorded elements that appear on the track, the equipment he used to make it, and how the album connects to a dream journal that he's been keeping. My name is Neil Luck. Um, I grew up in a village just outside of Cheltenham in the Cotswolds in the UK. Um, I now live in southeast London and I am a composer, uh, but I also work in a, a slightly sort of broader field of performance, I suppose. Um, so I make kind of quite theatrical multimedia performances. At the moment, I am working out of a small studio room in my flat. So it's a, it's a small second bedroom um, and I'm sat at a desk and it's a desk that's big enough to put manuscript paper on. Um, I also do a lot of, I work a lot with multimedia um, and recorded sound. Uh, so I also have a kind of uh, a sort of home recording set up as well with a computer and monitor speakers and microphones and all of the things that you might expect. Um, I also have quite a lot of instruments around me at any time. Um, so I have keyboards and synthesizers and some string instruments and some brass instruments and a kind of collection of um, a kind of yeah sound producing objects that are a bit less straightforward. Um, and I also have I my my sort of studio room is also the same room that I maintain my my library as well my bookshelves, uh, which are quite important to what I do as well. So I do have kind of. Um, yeah, I have books which I which I use a lot. Scores, uh, reference books, fiction books, non-fiction books. Um, to my left here, that I'm often, yeah, dipping into and drawing on when I'm making stuff. So plenty of the instruments around me featured on the track that we're going to listen to as well. So the the, the principal one, I suppose, is a guitar which is buried quite deep in the track. But it's a nylon-strung guitar that's really kind of uh, really a, a terrible broken instrument that I found in my mum's loft. My mum was moving out about uh, from her house about two years ago, and we found this nylon-string guitar that was battered and old. Um, we had no idea where it came from, and it just had this very unique sound, which is embedded um, at the centre of the track. A couple of books that were really relevant to the track I'm going to talk about today are both um, Jung and Freud's writing on dreams and the dreamer. So the, the the track I'm going to talk about is from a collection of songs that are all related to dream logics and dream narratives. Um, so, yeah, particularly Jung's kind of perspective on um, on the archetype and and the kind of collective subconscious and telepathy were really important. So this track is a is a song that I sing and I play uh, and I, I created the music for and I wrote the lyrics for. And the starting point of it really was um, 
Well, from 2000, about 2017 to 2019, I kept a, a very consciously kept a dream journal of all the dreams I was having. And I was, I was practicing a type of kind of meditation that's supposed to help induce uh, lucid dreaming. And although I never kind of achieved proper lucid dreaming, I, it, it did help with kind of um, remembering and, and recollect, recollection of dreams. And so this song is from an album of songs that are all um, dream, uh, dream journal entries. This one included. Um, and although you can't really, you, you intentionally can't really hear the lyrics very clearly um, at all on the track uh, as a kind of, um, it's supposed to feel a bit like a dream recollection. The, the, the texts are all about um, a friend of mine who presented me with a, a present that was a, a box of full of um, severed heads. So read into that what you want. So the track opens with the sound of, of me breathing. And I, d I don't know if there's anything like too interesting to say about that in, other than that it is a dictaphone recording of me running around a field, breathing heavily. And underneath that actually are the sounds of... Um, I, I've made a kind of recording of the sound of the, the sea in Norfolk. I waded out into the sea and made... Um, these these beautiful recordings uh that just felt like the right sort of sound to start with but also those kind of sounds of um of white noise and of water sort of come back throughout the track as kind of elements that um sort of submerge the song in a way and submerge the voice so they're a kind of um yeah they're introduced as this sort of overwhelming kind of masking element i suppose so this this song was written originally as just like a very straightforward piece to be performed live for guitar and voice and then it was in in 2020 when being sort of shut at home all the time I decided to kind of record this and the other songs on the album as more um as more kind of sound designed produced songs and originally the first iteration of this track was yeah was relatively straightforward and relatively kind of dour and relatively down tempo it was mainly kind of voice and guitar and a bit of piano and then at a certain point that felt like the energy wasn't right and actually it was it was very very much towards the end of producing it that the kind of rhythmic aspects that kind of um uh, that kind of insistent drumming pattern sort of came into the track at all um and, and now, of course, that's the sort of element that's, that's sort of thrust at the forefront of it. It just felt right to have that um, a, a sort of an, another layer in the track that was moving at a very different pace to the what is quite sort of slow, gentle material underneath it. Often when I'm writing kind of live pieces for, you know, ensembles and multimedia and all of that kind of stuff, everything is very, there's often like a very rigorous kind of conceptual basis to things and, and things can feel like very planned and, and kind of mapped out with this track particularly like I wanted to take a much more intuitive approach so, so there is kind of an arc and there are lots of things going on in it but it's quite hard to justify um, in, in words why those things happen beyond just it felt it felt kind of right the sort of sounds that happen um, felt kind of right to me there was, I suppose, one thing that does happen in the piece is that about two thirds of the way through, um, there's this synthesizer sound which sort of overwhelms the whole texture um, of the song and kind of masks out everything. And then we're, we're sort of left in its 
wake with a sort of reduced form of the song. And that was something, again, which sort of came in quite late in the day. Um, it just, list, listening back to kind of the track that I had at that point, it felt a little bit kind of one dimensional and a little bit like it wasn't kind of, um, there weren't enough sort of surprises or something in it. And so, yeah, I wanted to introduce this element that intentionally kind of broke the structure of the song and kind of like broke the logic of the song that I would then have to kind of deal with, I suppose, as a, a composer or a producer. And sometimes kind of introducing those elements of self-sabotage really helped me um, find more interesting ways forward with material. So from a from a recording and sound design point of view, I'm very much self-taught. My, my, my approach is very much trial and error, kind of homemade just trying stuff and seeing what works um, and so a lot of the, the gear that I'm using is very standard and um, not necessarily super high end so I record in Logic primarily um, uh, but two kind of bits of gear that were really central to this track and to the whole album I would say and do have a presence all the way through are two kind of vintage bits of gear that I really rely on a lot one is um, an old uh, AKG C414 mic from the early 80s that has this really lovely um, kind of warm sound to it and it's great for recording voices really intimately. So on this album I actually built kind of my own um, soundproof sort of head booth which I suspend off a bookcase um, and recorded most of the vocals in that. Um, the, the other bit of gear that kind of permeates the whole record is, is another kind of... Uh, uh, vintage bit of tech which is a Roland Juno 60 synthesizer I think from the year I was born 1982 um, that just has this these like wonderfully fat analog uh, synth tones on it to end this podcast you're now going to hear severed head by Neil Luck